And hello, and welcome everyone. It's the end of the month. Well, technically not. It's technically the second week in the month, but we moved around the timetable. <laughs> None of that's important. What is important is that it's time for another Retro Hero video podcast. It's a video book club, only instead of books, we talk about superhero cartoons and the like. Yeah, yeah. Ones we've seen, ones we haven't seen. Mm -hmm. and this week is one we haven't seen. Yes, yes, absolutely. So the big thing at the end of uh, our last, like, arc as it was, we did very special episodes, and uh, I let the patrons decide, I let them vote, I had a couple ideas for story arcs of episodes that they wanted to see us carry on with, and they uh, voted quite unanimously, they wanted to hear us talk about shows we've never seen, and at the top of that pile was the 2006 Legion of Superheroes show, which you and I have mentioned several times before, we knew it existed, we've seen clips of it, but have never mm -hmm. actually watched a full episode. Yeah, no, I I haven't. I've only ever seen clips just because when when it originally aired, it, it aired on like a really strange channel over yes. here that I didn't have. So I wasn't able to see it. Yes, apparently that's not just you either. When I was doing my research for the show, because, you know, I give a shit and want to do my due diligence. Apparently the show had a really weird history with what channels it aired on. Sometimes it didn't air all the way through. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes it got caught, uh, cut up. Warner Brothers, uh, the WB had it for a little bit because, you know, this was mm -hmm. the time in between when they weren't really doing Saturday morning cartoons anymore. Yep. Or at least they were buying cheaper Japanese stuff and weren't really doing the American stuff anymore. So it had a weird uh, kind of cut off there. Apparently the whole thing aired on YTV over here in Canada, but I was long past watching YTV by 2006. So. Mm hmm. Mm hmm completely completely and utterly slipped my radar yeah yeah but as always you know we just can't talk about the show proper matt one of the things here at retro hero video is we like to dig a little deeper we like to you know be cultural anthropologists we like to you know investigate what was the world like when this show <laughs> hit the airwaves what was what was popular culture like and you know what uh what, what, what can that really tell us about the show and maybe why it uh why it kicked off and maybe why sometimes it didn't and uh, as always, you know, I think a good way to look into that is to ask the question, well, what was the number one movie in 2006? Mmm, yes. And uh, to my surprise, when I was looking into this, I probably wouldn't have guessed this one if you gave me a million dollars. But no, the number one movie at the box office at the time was actually Jackass number two. Kind of makes sense that, like, back then, Jackass was, like, a huge, mm -hmm. huge phenomenon. Yes, and this, the even bigger sequel to what was already a pretty big movie. Yeah, I remember I was in, I think it was my first year of high school, and me and my friends actually went and saw this, and because we were too young, <laughs> my friend's dad had to come in and see it nice, with us. Nice, nice. I remember those. I did a lot of those, too. <laughs> Thanks, Dad, for taking me to see the Saw movies and shit. <laughs> to which he's like, hey, that's that Tobin Bell guy from Seinfeld. He was the dude who wouldn't buy Kramer's records. <laughs> now he's out here torturing people? Huh, how about that? Uh, what uh, What was your favorite sketch from Jackass number two? I'm, uh, I'm quite a big fan of them playing medicine ball dodgeball in the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that one was really good. I liked all the stuff with the bulls. Because mm, bull that was, like, I think, the thing for the second one, where it's like, yeah, we have yeah. access to, like, these animals that could potentially kill us. Kill us. Let's, let's put Johnny Knoxville in a ring with them on roller skates. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bam getting really terrified of snakes and them throwing <laughs> him in a pit full of what yes. he thought was snakes, but actually wasn't. 
Yeah, yeah. And him, then throwing snakes on him. On him, yes. Uh, him getting his ass branded, that was another big moment for this one. Yeah. yeah. To think, too, you know, uh, how life in popular culture is circular. This was Jackass number two. Jackass 4 just came out recently, mm-hmm. did huge box office numbers, got great reviews, and they even had a 4.5 of sketches that didn't make it in the movie onto Netflix, which is also a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen the 4.5, but yeah, the new one I, I thought was was pretty decent, considering that, like, it's They're mostly older. new people. Yeah, it's it's a lot of trying to get these new younger people over, but the younger people are good. In fact, you know, I know yeah. one person compared it being like, man, you know, Jackass 4 really is the legacy sequel to this series I bet you never thought you'd get, where they gotta pass the torch in big moments <laughs> to these newer, younger, more ethnically diverse groups of people. <laughs> It was always in you, poopies, all along. You're the true Steve-O legacy holder. (laughs) You can carry on this mantle into the future, for there must always be a poopies. (laughs) But yeah, so that was the number one movie. Not too bad. Now, as far as TV goes, so I thought this was actually kind of disappointing, and that is the number one show in America at the time was American Idol again. And you're probably thinking, but didn't you guys already do American Idol? Yeah, yeah, we did. Unfortunately, there was a time period there in the early to late 2000s when it was always the number one TV show. It dominated everything. It ate everything else's lunch. Yeah, literally everything at the time was about that. And, like, you couldn't turn on a TV channel without seeing some either American Idol or some yep. form of that show. Yep, this this was the era of the reality show, of the contest show, and I guess it never really ended because, you know, So You Think You Can Dance, Dancing with the Stars are still the biggest thing on TV now. The only difference is no one over the age of, like, or no one under the age of, like, 50 is watching TV anymore. Yep. No one really has cable anymore. It's all the millions of streaming services. That's why it's so much harder to figure out, well, what is the number one show anymore? No one knows because no one is forced to have to watch the same shit. No, no. And, like, I even went down a little further, and I'm like, oh, come on, there has to be something else here in the top ten that isn't. Is there anything scripted? Oh, Grey's Anatomy, but it didn't start in 2006. Two and a half, man. Oh, didn't start in 2006, though. Yep. So 2006 was just a shitty time for original television. <laughs> it really was. And again, yeah, it's, it's because of of American Idol. Inescapable. just, like, took, took over everything. Everyone wanted a piece of it. Yep. You know, I, I hate to use the word cultural wasteland, but it was kind of a cultural wasteland. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now, from there, we pass on to, you know, what was actually number one on the charts at the time. And again... I was not really listening to popular music at this time. You could twist my arm and I would not have been able to tell you, but apparently the number one song in America, at least, was Buttons by the Pussycat Dolls featuring Snoop Dogg. (laughs) Now, again, am I totally wrong, but the Pussycat Dolls, they, they weren't always like a girl group. They're like a professional burlesque group that got a couple musical hits because it's like, well, you know, they can dance and they're pretty. We'll teach them how to sing. I, yeah, I think so. I'm not too familiar with them, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure because, uh, yeah, I haven't heard of anything about them in years. Yeah, I, I want to say they were like Shanana or even Kiss by the end where it's like, look, the, the, the look, the attitude is way more important than any of the individual members, which is why there was like a hundred different members. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fact that Snoop Dogg was in this is funny, too, because this is 2006 Snoop Dogg 
where I think he would begin a trajectory that he would stay on pretty much for the rest of his career until now, and that is like, hey, I'm your safe, fun Uncle Snoop Dogg now. I'm not nearly as dangerous as I used to be. Yeah, I play Call of Duty now yeah. and have have Call of Duty skins, and, I'm, and I, I live stream. Yeah. I'm best friends with Martha Stewart and had, like, a number one cookbook this year. Yeah. I shit you not. I think it's called From, like, Hood to Cook or something, and the recipes seem pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. Again, like, if if you're a younger fan who only knows the stibbity-diggity Snoop Dogg who shows up on, like, panel shows and everything, the dude was terrifying to white America in the early 90s. And and he's also legitimately killed people. Like, that's that's not a joke. That's not, like, a secret. He has legitimately murdered people. (laughs) But it's okay now because he streams the Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he's friends with Martha Stewart, who's also done a little time, too, showing that she has real deal street cred. (laughs) I, I just love him. Like, that's an American dream right there. That's, you know, turning your fortunes around to be like, oh, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and he was also Snoop Lion for a little bit, too, when he made reggae music. Remember that? Yeah, for, yeah, for sh- I remember that. That, that didn't last. <laughs> I, oh, I, I want to say it, it, it's still around, but, like, because he's, like, shilling NFTs now as well. Ah, is he? That's and, and I'm pretty. I am fairly certain I saw, like, a Snoop Lying NFT. <laughs> did Did I say that was wholesome? NFTs aren't wholesome. Go back to killing people and t- <laughs> and rapping about killing people. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, we got to talk about video games. And, again, you know, talking about, you know, cultural wasteland. At the time, Madden. Madden 07 was the top game of the year. Yep, yep. I think, like, Lego Star Wars 2 was out this year, and Gears of War 3 was out this year. Yeah, it wasn't a very good year for video games, I no. think. It was very, as you said, very much a wasteland. Yeah, that's a shame. Again, I don't want to rag on football, because I know we have fans who are, like, comic fans and football fans, but I am, I guess I'm just an older generation of nerd who it's like, well, this doesn't appeal to me at all. I, I don't, no. I can't make heads or tails of any of this. Yeah, I, I'm always shocked at how uh popular those games because yeah. like, they're always in like the charts like always. and um uh what's the other one fifa yep always and FIFA. it i it it really shocks me just because i didn't think there would be so much overlap between like people who play video games and sports fans well i mean i think there's a certain group of people again like my dad who upgrade their consoles just so they can play the new sports games every year yep. which which is crazy because it's like but they don't change all that much no. yeah the, the team lineups change, but, like, that should have been DLC forever ago. But, yeah, they they like the game that they like, and they're going to buy it every year and play it regardless. And that way, they're probably the most reliable fan base for video games and electronic media. Yeah. Maybe it's just because, like, I don't like them just because they're, like, rampant with, like, microtransactions. Now they are. Loot boxes and yeah. yeah, yeah. Now they are back then in 07. I doubt there was anything like. No, that. yeah. Uh, shit. For all I know, 07 was a fucking amazing year. For all I know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey if you played Madden 07, let us know in the comments section. Was it good? <laughs> was it really good? <laughs> I don't know, man. It could be. Could be anything. For all I know. But yes, there's uh, there's your little look back at culture, but obviously, of course, we're a comic book show and a comic book podcast, and we would be nothing if we didn't talk about what was on the shelves at this time. And again, we we kind of did a 2006 adjacent episode. Uh, basically, everyone was still reading Civil War. Civil War was still in full effect at this time, but one of the biggest things that came out the month this show dropped in September was Ultimate Spider-Man number 100. 
and it's 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 pretty good we're talking about this because at the moment it's spider-man's birthday like yeah this is his 60th birthday how about that right what are what are the odds that that would be a thing (laughs) Pretty high because I imagine you actually researched that and and added this in because of that. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't actually, but thank you for thinking I'm smarter <laughs> than I am. Said, you should have said yes. I'm like yes, yes. I I, I thought ahead. Yes. I, I, I literally just looked. What were the top comics the month this came out? Oh, Ultimate <laughs> Number One Hundred. Well, that's a cool milestone. And because we already talked about Civil War in another video, I'm like, well, fuck, we ain't yeah. talking about Civil War again. Yeah. But yeah, uh, arguably Bendis at the height of his power over here could do no wrong. People were loving mm-hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man. It created a whole new generation of Spider-Man fans. Yep, yeah. Yeah, gotta gotta love it for that. And I mean, the Ultimate Universe in general, even though it's not around anymore per se, the effects of it are still being felt all over the place. Arguably, the movies cribbed more notes from the Ultimate Universe than they mm-hmm. did anywhere else. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so good for them. Good for the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Now, uh, with that, everyone, we can actually switch on over and talk about our main event, which is, of course, Legion of Superheroes, Season 1, Episode 1, Man of Tomorrow. Yes. Yes, Legion of Superheroes, which, honestly, now, Matt, was probably the best time ever for us to take a look at this, because the Legion are arguably back the biggest they've been in a long time they've got that bendis legion book that's still going on currently yep uh the great darkness is the you know focal figure of dark crisis dc's next crisis actually is drawing inspiration from a legion story yes yep and the legion of superheroes are all over this last season of young justice yeah, yeah, they they're coming back. They're all they're all coming back to play in, in DC universe after a, oh, how many years were they away for? Forever and like ever. All the new 52, they tried to do something with them, I think. Legion lost, it, yeah. Yeah, it never never stuck. The, and then yeah, since then they haven't done anything. The, they tried reinventing them and that didn't take and then uh what is it? Jeff Johns wanted to do something with them forever and never got the chance, so they just gave it to Bendis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he wanted them involved with like uh, Doomsday Clock and all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. Again, John, which, they, which I mean, they sort of were, but yeah. yeah, it wasn't to the extent I imagine he wanted. For real, yeah. John's clearly had a love and uh, affection for them, uh, as did James Tucker, who is the producer of this show. When I looked into it and everything, uh, Tucker, of course, worked on Superman the Animated Series and Justice League mm-hmm. and so much other stuff, and clearly. Legion is his bag because he's brought them back in one form or another in almost all those shows. There's the great Superman episode where it's like Terminator where they got to protect him from yep. Brainiac. Uh, yep. There's the Supergirl like two-parter from Justice League where they go to the future and she stays there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, clearly uh, Tucker is a fan because not only did he produce this show, he directed like four episodes. Yeah. So there you go. And uh, it's funny, you know, I I think I avoided this show for so long, much in the same way I avoided Teen Titans for so long. And it was because, you know, in my own snooty, hoity-toity head, it's like, oh, well, this isn't part of the Timiverse. This isn't connected to the big storyline I've been following for years. Why should I bother? And yet, as I tune into this, it feels a lot like those shows. We get the old Warner Brothers logo. We get, mm-hmm. we get the whole media res thing before they hop into the theme song in the show. Even the font is the same. When we see 21st Century, it's the same as the title font from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. <laughs> yep, yep. The only thing that's really different is the art style in that it's not the pointy, angular Tim style. It's a lot more kind of, you know, kid-friendly and well-rounded. 
it's like yeah it's like a kiddie-ish version of what the batman would be yeah it's a little softer it's kind of this in between and it hits me too i'm like well this is the longest i've actually sat and watched it (laughs) and this as well this is back at a time where like these dc animated things actually had an art style of their own i know right and they weren't all you know trying to do the same thing and trying to be as streamlined as possible yeah. Uh, so yeah, they do the Immedia Res thing. The Legion is getting their asses kicked in the future by the Fatal Five, and they're like, geez, we wish Superman was here. We head on back to the 21st century, and we see a young Clark Kent in the bathroom reading the newspaper. Now, l- let me ask you this, Matt. It's a very clinical and very important question. Superman, he's got super speed. He's got super mm-hmm. strength, super hearing, uh, occasionally super intelligent, though a lot of writers don't usually write him that way, even though we know he is. Do we think Superman takes super shits? <laughs> shit to, like, break the bottom of the toilet. Yeah, I was going to say, right? I mean, if he can't control it, you know, surely he must take super shits that, like, you know, destroy everything. Well, well the thing is, like, would he even uh, have the same bodily functions as us? Because technically, technically he doesn't need to eat. That's because true. Because the solar energy, like, gives him energy. Everything he and needs. And he can't technically like shit out solar energy i i so, guess like, you're right is yeah is he like kim jong il is he such a perfect specimen <laughs> that his body does not actually exude waste? superman has never pooped in his life and never will which means there is a story out there that has to be told where superman is the first time he loses his powers <laughs> yeah and has he, to like, poop has has to poop and he doesn't know like what it is he's or, horrified like, and he, yeah, he's he's like scared and everything. Yep. He's calling up Mark Kent and everything, yep. and... asking what to do. Batman's on the other side of like the hero. It's okay, Clark. We're gonna get you through this. <laughs> now you know what it's like. Now you know what it's like to feel human. <laughs> this is this is the difference between you and me. <laughs> Batman always poops. <laughs> but yeah, so he's reading the paper. Uh, this is clearly a young Clark Kent who is still coming into his powers because he almost burns up the newspaper just by concentrating on it too hard. Yeah, yeah. We also get to see a younger Ma Kent, which is interesting. Normally, she's always shown as gray. It's interesting to see a Ma Kent with color in her hair. It is, yeah. And uh, no Pa Kent, too, so I'm guessing this takes on, like, you know, the traditional older, like, pre-crisis version of things in, like, the old Donner movie, where Pa Kent died, you know, before Clark really became Superman. Or he's, you know, busy in, yeah. in in the fields or something. He's somewhere else, yeah, we just don't see him. Yeah, he's fucking busy. He's a busy guy. Yeah. The interesting thing here is is he's actually dressed uh sorta of similar to how he how the, the super how the Superboy dressed in the I think it was the Adventures of Superboy t- like oh. the, the animated show from like the sixties. That makes 70s. sense. That, yeah. that makes a ton of sense because what I don't think a lot of people know about the Legion is that they were created for adventure comics by mm-hmm. Otto Binder back in the 50s to basically be Superboy supporting characters. It's only because they were so popular and because I think Binder liked writing them, they kept coming back over and over again and eventually they yep. fleshed out all that future stuff with them later. Yeah, yeah. They Back in that day, they needed like Superman to have like 
a lot super people to around. hang out with yeah and they couldn't go hang out with you know batman or no yeah yet, so yeah you know but binder is one of those creators who i don't think ever gets enough love or praise but basically all the stuff you like about superman that wasn't there from day one mm-hmm. he invented the phantom zone crypto like a bunch of stuff with supergirl that was all yep. him the legion yep dude dude did so much and basically never gets his flowers what a shame no, no, yeah. Yeah, and they keep going back to uh keep going back to him there. Uh we see uh the Legion make their way to Smallville via their big time bubble, which you know still stays very consistent. Yes, it is very consistent. Even in Young Justice now, they're flying around in one of those. Yep. I guess it's a cool thing. They got the bubbles, they got the time rings, and we're introduced to a bunch of the members we're going to be following. There's Brainiac 5, or Brainy, who, in my research for the show, they actually change him in a pretty interesting way. He's all robot in this show, Mm -hmm. unlike in the comics, where he's a bio... What's the word I'm looking for here? Biological descendant of the original Brainiac, and apparently the reason that was is the network didn't like the idea of them maybe having to explain at some point how he's bio-organic but also a descendant from a machine so how the hell did that work <laughs> again if you want to know how messed up sensors are they're like oh well, this show might have to explain how a computer porked a woman at some point <laughs> and we don't like also, that also just from like a toy point of view as well i imagine like like him being a robot is like much easier to like sell True. as like Here's, here's a version where he has a giant cannon, mm. and here's a version with, you know, this and that, you know? It helps. Uh, we smash cut to our theme song for the show, which is very Star Trek, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, very, like, 1950s and 60s. Yep. You got them theremins, you got that, whoa, you show off all the characters because Legion of Superheroes is known for having a shit ton of characters. A, a lot, a lot. When they say Legion, they really do mean it's a Legion, which I think is maybe one of those always reasons why I kept it at arm's length as a comic reader, where I'm like, that's too many people. That's like an X-Men level roster. I do not have enough room in my head for all of these people. But again, it's another reason why people love the Legion, because they all have their favorites. And much like the X-Men, they love tracking the relationships and everything between everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we also got to talk about the logo, too, because the logo makes me laugh. It's Legion of Superheroes and the Superman symbol. Yeah, I, I was trying to f- find out, and I, I couldn't find anything, but I was sure. I was sure the show was at one point called Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. Me, too, because that was a book at one point, too, because I, yeah. I think in, like, the Silver Age, they had come up with this idea that this show basically takes its, you know, whole crux from, and that is like, well, how how did Superman become the greatest hero ever in such a short amount of time? And some writers are like, well, because he trained in the future with the Legion, that's how. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To the point where going as a super person to the Legion's future kind of became a rite of passage. Uh, Supergirl did it in the comics. Connor did it. John did it just recently. Yes, yes. It's kind of this, like, real, you know, uh, rite of passage. They all get to do it at least once. But, yeah, it's so funny. It's Legions of Superheroes, but Superman is the main character and the focal point. Yeah, and it's really surprising that at the time they wouldn't do that because at the time we had, like... I think this is exactly it. There was like Superman Returns, mm-hmm. uh, Smallville was on the air. Yeah, uh, obviously like Justice League and all that sort of stuff was happening. So like it's strange that they didn't put Superman's name Front in it to get that center, more, yeah. 
more recognizable stuff happening. Maybe maybe they were trying to distance themselves from the Superman that had come before and the Timiverse and everything where they're like, no, 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 this is a fresh start. It's not the same. Don't think it's the same, even though some stuff we're going to see later might seek to imply that they were maybe at one point. Yeah, yeah. But we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. So uh, it's fair night in Smallville, and uh, young Clark Kent is going out there. It's his last night on the town because he's headed off to Metropolis in the morning where he's going to be a copy boy. He's not even a full journalist yet, but he's, you know, interested in journalism. He's trying to get in on the ground floor. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, see him at the carnival there where, oh, oh, them Smallville bullies are giving him a hard time and everything, and he has to restrain his powers even though he knows full well he could smoke all of them at these crooked carny games. Yeah, yeah, he has to act like he can't throw the ball properly. Classic, classic Superman dilemma, right? Yeah. I could be great, but I have to make them think that I'm not. Uh, using his super hearing and abilities, Superman begins to realize, oh crap, that Ferris wheel's about to fall over. And of course it is, because this is a carnival in the American South that was put together by methed out teenagers. Of course it's going to fall over. What did you expect? <laughs> that's, that's all Superman does at fair season, just hang out and make sure that shit doesn't fall over. <laughs> Uh, the Legion is right behind him. We are introduced to three of the foremost members. We got Bouncing Boy, we got Brainiac 5, and we got Saturn Girl. And it's actually a very clever scene because they're walking around in the open, in their costumes, but no one seems to care because they just think that they're methed out carnies. Yeah, yeah, they just think they're a bunch of weirdos from out of town. That's that's a good gag. I like that gag. This show has a couple gags that actually made me laugh, and that's one of them. <laughs> So yeah, they uh, they approach Superman and they're like, "Hey man, you you want some help and everything? There, we came here, you know, to try and recruit a great hero to help uh, with our problems, and we think we think he might be you." Yep. Even though, uh, as it seems, you know, Superman is still technically Superboy, and he still hasn't grown into all of his abilities mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. uh, the Legion helps him out, and then Saturn Girl is sure to wipe everyone's brain so they don't remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's a, that's a helpful power, isn't it? When you can just like and forget. <laughs> <laughs> also, we need to do that too as time travelers because we don't want people asking a lot of complicated questions about how this might screw up the time stream. <laughs> they uh, they also you know Superman turns them down initially. You know I'm not the person you want. I can't just be gallivanting to the future. And they're like, well, we'll let them think about it. And then the next scene, they're at his house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, you guys didn't wait at all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And of course, Ma can't let them in because it's like, oh, your friends from the fair are here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How how nice is Ma Ken just letting in and feeding weirdos from out of town? Yeah, well, if Clark's friends with them, yeah. they're good people. They, they must be okay, you know. And, uh, you know, they're telling him about all this thing, like, you know, we think you're this great hero, you know, we think you can aspire to more, and, you know, the best part about it being a time traveler is even if you don't like the future, we can just bring you back to this second. So, you know, it's not like yeah. you lost any time. Yeah, yeah. And Superman's like, well, I mean, I guess I should give it a try. That does sound like a hell of an adventure. And this is where the best joke in the episode comes, where Ma can't from the other room, Clark, are you okay? Yeah, Mom, just going to the future. Oh, okay. 
and then she realizes, like, wait, future? Yeah, huh? But I just love the fact that Ma Kench is just down for everything and has just totally accepted the fact that she has this super extraordinary son. It's just like, oh, he's going to the future. He'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll see him later. We'll see him later before I even know it. And uh, we see the Legion HQ in the future, which is, of course, you know, one of their most recurring motifs that they have a super cool base of operations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Triplicate Girl and everyone is already putting out a big sign. You know, they're so stoked on Superman because, of course, Superman has inspired them to be the heroes that they are. And that is also kind of the major theme of the show. And that is like, oh, who's who's really inspiring who and who's really helping who along? Is Superman helping the Legion or is the Legion helping Superman become the hero we always know? Yeah. We got Phantom Girl there. Uh, we got Lightning Lad, who I'm sure some people who are only newer fans of the Legion are like, wait, why is he white? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he was for most of the time until that last Bendis run where they're like, you know what? Future, we can change stuff up. Why not? Yep. We can totally change stuff up. Uh, oh, I didn't mention it yet either, but uh, Superman in the show is actually voiced by uh, Yuri Lowenthal. Mm-hmm who you will know from a billion anime parts. <laughs> from everything. From everything under the sun. He's probably one of the most in-demand voice actors who alive today. Yeah, absolutely. He's also Spider-Man in the Spider-Man video game. He was Ben 10 in Ben 10. Yep. As I look at his IMDb page, it's really quite impressive, where it's like, oh, you do all the biggest, most important roles in all the biggest series, and you do a bunch of direct-to-DVD crap, too. You will literally do anything. Yeah. I respect your hustle, sir. <laughs> I respect him. It, it was either him, him, or, the, or this, was, this was probably a little bit before, uh, who's the other guy? Troy Baker came onto the scene, isn't it? I think Troy Baker uh, preceded him by a little bit. I want to say Baker's a little older. It's it's Nolan North who would come later and then be the <laughs> other guy. I swear those three, you know, they just meet out in the parking lot and they Rochambeau to see who gets the role. Uh, okay, here's all the all the roles going this year. We'll just yeah. divide it up into three. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you joke, but I feel like that's exactly what they do. <laughs> that feels exactly like what they do. Here's the Nolan pile. Here's the Troy pile. <laughs> and here's the Yuri pile. Uh, what do you think of the designs of the Legion of Superheroes? Pretty close to their original counterparts. They didn't really change yeah. much. No, no. They Yeah, they, they, look, they look all fine. I do like the inclusion that they all wear... Like the Legion belt. Yeah, yeah. Normally it's the rings, but here, yeah, they've all they've all got the belt buckles. In fact, it's a big moment at the end where Superman adopts a Legion belt buckle of his own. I thought, oh, that's cool. You're changing up the costume and kind of making it your own. Yep. I like that. I like that a lot and everything. Uh, the Legion themselves, they all have their own fun back and forth and everything. It's very, it's very 80s high school movie. You know, Brainiac 5 is the nerd. Uh, Lightning Lad's kind of like the douchey Stan Darsh. You know, yeah. 80s movie bully who's constantly breaking Superman's balls even the second he shows up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he doesn't believe that he's the big Superman hero that they've all heard about. And it's true, he's not yet. No, no, he's not. And I like that he's always, he's like, trying to like try trying to always kill him yes way, where, where, where he does like that that whole weight lift thing yes it's like oh, i've just got to 
put on all the weight from for like the heaviest metal known to man. Yeah, he almost murders him on his first day because he's a <laughs> jealous '80s bully lightning lad. <laughs> though, though, as we find out later, maybe maybe he's got a softer interior. You know, maybe you know he just cares that much, and he has you know a, a greater will, as we see. <laughs> Again, it's only episode one. We got places to grow. So, yeah, after the uh, attempted murder, obviously Clark isn't feeling too great about the choice he made and about hanging out with the Legion. So he leaves to check out future Metropolis. And again, it's a very funny scene where he's walking around being like, oh, I didn't think this straight either. There's a bunch of aliens and robots and shit. I should not be here. Yeah, yeah. He even says, like, I'm not in Smallville anymore. I'm like, ah, like not in Kansas anymore. Funny. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's while he's walking around, he ends up coming upon the Superman Museum. Yes, the, the big museum dedicated to him or his future self. Yes, uh, filled with a bunch of portraits that are famous uh, Superman panels from throughout history. Him breaking the chains, him, you know, punching the big robot and everything. Yeah, lots of Kurt, Kurt Swain art. Yep, absolutely. And I'm like, oh, that's fun that they would do their extra due diligence. And under glass, he sees the suit itself which is just the suit from the Timiverse. I was going to say, because even like the, the like portraits they've got hanging around the Superman and yep. it looks very much like the, the, the animated series Superman, which obviously looks like Superman anyway, but come on, it's, it's the 90s suit. James yeah. Tucker worked on those shows. I'm sure this is his little, you know, uh, tip of the hat nod to his other work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and maybe at some point it was supposed to be in the same universe. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Yeah. Also, DC Multiverse. Now, this has just taken place on another Earth nearby where shit was similar but not exactly the same. Yeah. Now, did you also catch in the background, in a real blink-and-you'll-miss-it moment, Booster Gold and Skeets are there? Yes, which makes sense, because that's Booster Gold's literal origin. He was a janitor in the 31st century, and he got sick of being just a janitor and decided to use Skeets and uh, the Legion time rings to time travel and become a superhero in the 21st is, century. Is he a character in the show? Does this happen again? I've not watched enough of Legion of Superheroes, but does he become a character at some point, or is this just a deep cut for fans like us? I want to say it's just a deep cut, because I haven't seen... Neither have I, and you think we would have. about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you would think, you know, that we would have seen footage from this show at some point, like a compilation. Yeah. I'm you're pretty sure you would, but hey, that's that's fun. I like the deep cut references they're doing. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the show did this a lot. Actually, apparently, uh, what is it in the background? There's like some villain characters who it's like, oh, I remember them from the books, but then they become someone else later on. So I guess the show did that in the beginning, but didn't always pay it off. Nice. Yeah. So Saturn Girl comes to talk to him and everything at the museum, and it's like, man, you know, this is pretty heavy. Maybe maybe we jump the gun on this one. Maybe we are a bunch of kids and probably shouldn't have put the literal world on your shoulders. Our bad. <laughs> also, you know, if we take you back, we can wipe your memory, too. So, again, you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. fucking up the time stream with all of these yeah. spoilers of the great hero you will be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, Carrie Walgren, too, a Saturn girl. She's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty decent throughout all of this. Yeah, another, another very highly in-demand voice actor there. I think she's probably the character who gets the most focus in this episode next to Superman himself. Yeah. 
Yeah, which makes sense because like she's always been kind of like, like Lightning Lad always says he's the leader, mm. but it's really Satin Girl. It's I think it's one of those things. It's one of those Jean Grey Cyclops things where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cyclops is the leader, but Jean Grey is more popular. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Saturn Girl is sure to hit home, you know, why they felt the need to try and get Superman to try and help them because their world is under threat by the Fatal Five. Yes. Yes, which we get a little snapshot of all of them and they look, yeah, pretty much exactly like they do in the comics. Yeah, yeah. We got the big guy, we got the skeleton one, we got the Kano half-robot, half-man persuader who i only know because his axe is like maybe more famous than he is yeah i only i only know him just because he was in uh smallville oh was he really oh holy shit yeah he was in when they did the uh legion of superheroes episodes oh cool yeah persuader and of course the most famous of the uh legion's villains probably the only one people know emerald empress yes voiced by tara strong uh i thought it was jennifer hale was it? I thought it was... Oh, no, it was she voiced her for season two. Ah, there you go. Again, talk about two women, too. It's like, oh, who are we going to give this role to? Is it going to be Tara Strong or Jennifer Hale? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, th- one will do each season because, you know, then the other one's got to go work on $500 things. There and, you go. Yeah. Well, 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 did they change it up? Again, I don't know, because in the books, there's been, like, several different Emerald Empresses. It's a title. Yeah, it's it not just it one person. Been, yeah, it could have been just a different person. Again, I, I don't know. Speaking of Emerald Empress changing up, uh, who's like uh, has control of the mantle? Did you see in that last episode of Young Justice, Ursa Zod became the new Emerald Empress? I didn't see that, but that's pretty awesome. It's really fucking cool. Like they had set up the Eye of Ekron like a couple episodes back, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's gonna be a next season thing, or oh, that's just a fun little Easter egg for fans. That's not gonna be anything. And then in the penultimate episode, the Eye's like, oh, Ursa Zod, you're cool as fuck. Do you want to be the new Emerald Empress? And she's like, hell yeah, I do. Nice, nice. Now I got evil Kryptonian powers and the mysterious powers of the Eye, whatever it might be. Oh no. <laughs> Because, again, as comic fans will tell you, the Eye of Ekron is one of those items that is, like, shrouded in much discontinuity. Yeah. Used to be it was from an elder god named Ekron. Then, no, Ekron was the name of the planet where the Eye was worshipped. And then in the last couple years, they're like, oh, it's connected to Green Lantern? Maybe? We don't know. It's green. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. It's it's fucking green, we think. <laughs> it, it works, right? It, it tracks. It all tracks. <laughs> but yeah, so episode one, and we're already fighting the Fatal Five, probably the most famous of uh, the Legion of Superhero villains. I guess in season two, they fought Empirics. Yeah, it was like a reimagined Empirics uh, and like a bunch of like little villains as well. Yeah. Again, Legion of Superheroes, not really known for their rogues gallery. No, yeah, they have. I, again, it's it's because like it's the future, and yeah. you don't have you know your Jokers or your Absolutely. Lex Luthers. You've got like their descendants who aren't usually as good. No, yeah, I, I think they actually do fight a Zod in this show too. Uh, I want to say they do, or like someone who's similar to them. I, I I've seen the picture, and he has the House of Zod thing on his chest. There, I can't remember oh, okay. which one. It's a, it's not Lore Zod because that was a newer. Th- in fact, I think. Lorzod was the same year this came out, was also 2006 in Lost Sun. Yeah, yeah. So that was, so, yeah. So that was like around the same time, but yes, they, they do fight a Zod on this show, but like a way far descendant, I think. Yeah. There's, a, there's also a great image in this episode, too, where it's Clark 
and he's backlit by a picture of classic Superman, and it's like, ah, yes, you know, literally, you know, a glimpse into the future, and also this thing that hovers over his head, this great legacy that he doesn't even know about yet, and I'm like, ah, that's good visual storytelling. Very good, yeah. I like that. They didn't stop and be like, hey, look at that. They're like, no, see, if you're paying attention, you know what this is and what this is about. Yeah. Love it. Love it to death. It's good stuff. So, yeah, the the Fatal Five make it to Legion HQ, and they just totally start messing the team up, even though the fight is five to nine, and the good guys think, oh, yeah, we can totally take this. We got this. And then Superman leaves, and they all start getting the crap knocked out of them. <laughs> Uh, I will say I liked the action in this show a lot more than I thought I was going to. Uh, Triplicate Girl, of all people, I think the artist had the most fun to be like, well, yeah, how the hell does she fight? She can just become three people. Oh, she literally throws herself and splits herself off so she can't get hit. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, her powers are pretty pretty cool. Visually, yeah, and I think that's another thing that always turned me off the Legion, where it's like, okay, so we're in the future, yeah, these are superheroes of a Star Trek future, what amazing new powers do they have? Uh, lightning, and uh, psychic, <laughs> and uh, bouncing, I'm like, oh, so all the same powers from now, so being in the future actually doesn't mean shit. <laughs> Yeah. Well, remember, they were created in the 60s. So. Also that. So, you know, yeah. these, these, these were cool novel powers back then, we promise. They were novel powers that were easy to draw. Also that. That's another thing. Because, yeah, I don't know what that says about me. We're like, well, if you're in the future, you should have, like, future powers, right? <laughs> powers that really designate that you're from the future. But, again, that's that's hard to draw and hard to realize. Yeah, yeah. And also, too, as we said, the Legion was more of a Star Trekky soap opera, personal connection kind of thing anyway. So they mm. didn't always need the flashiest powers. No, no. I mean, one guy's thing is he's a wolf. Yeah, one guy one guy can just, like, eat all matter. Yeah, sure does, and he does. And he's from the planet Bismol. Yep, and uh, one character is just Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Will Wheaton does the voice of Cosmic Boy, apparently, who they name drop in this episode and say, oh, he's too far to come back, but apparently when he does show up, he's voiced by Will Wheaton. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good gag. I like that. These these shows were always very good with their uh, voice acting gags. Actually, I, I didn't read it in the credits. Did Andrea Romano do the voice casting for this? Probably. I uh, want to say, yeah. I mean, she did every other DC superhero show, so why shouldn't she have done this one as well? Exactly, yeah. It certainly tracks. So yeah, the Fatal Five beat the shit out of the Legion, and Emerald Empress really adds insult to injury by, you know, using her Emerald Eye to take control of their minds. Yeah. And it's with that we basically come full circle to where the episode began, because don't we love doing in media res where we work up to where we were? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Lightning Lad saying, boy, I really wish we had Superman to help us. And uh, Clark left because he went back to the museum to try and get his costume. Yeah, he, he went and got his costume and it doesn't fit. Love that. That is another actually pretty solid joke. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I got to grow into this, huh? Yeah, but then it does it like it's like those like Marty McFly. Shoes. Yeah. That, like, just sort of form fit to him. As you would figure, it would have to. Superman in the future, he would need a costume for every occasion and for every atmosphere. So he probably built it with, like, some nanites or some Kryptonian crystal tech to make sure that it always yeah. fits. Yeah. There's there's a big moment, too, where Clark takes his glasses off because it's like, oh, yeah, well, Superman doesn't wear glasses, so I need to take them off. <laughs> 
and then he fails to fly, which is very funny because he's still Superboy. He's still, you know, uh, uh, more powerful than a locomotive. He can only leap buildings in a single bound. He can't actually fly yet. Yeah, and he says he's a favorite catchphrase, up, up, and away. Ah, love it. Again, you can tell James Tucker worked on this because Tucker loves that shit and loves to put it in even when other people don't want it. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is a guy who his favorite Batman artist is Dick Sprang. <laughs> he, he loves the weird shit. He loves the shit that people consider cheesy, and you got to respect him for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Saturn Girl is the only one who's actually able to hold out against Emerald Empress. In fact, she's able to put the mind whammy back on her, which I thought was fun. Mm -hmm. Again, you can tell who the secondary lead in this one is. Yes, yeah. Superman shows up, almost gets atomized, but is able to fight his way through it. In fact, during the battle, he does uh, an amazing thing that he's only ever... I've only ever seen him do in the comics, but I love when they do it in the cartoons, where a beam of energy is coming at it, and he punches the beam back. Yeah. It, it, I, 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 I believe it's, it's also a, a reference to the Flasher ah, Superman cartoon, because he does that in the first episode. Right. And here it's kind of sort of the similar, where he gets hit by the beam... And it, like, tumbles him, and then he just starts, like, hitting it. Just starts punching raw energy. I'm yeah. like, God, that's yeah. so Superman. Yeah, yeah. That's as Superman to me as, like, lifting the car and everything, where it's like, yeah, he's <laughs> so strong, he can punch energy, because of course he yeah. can. Yeah. Uh, Superman ends up getting overrun by the Fatal Five, because even though he's very strong, he still doesn't have full mastery over his powers, and it's still a five-on-one beatdown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until eventually he realizes, oh, shit, you know, the Emerald Eye, it's trying, you know, get inside my own eyes and, you know, mind whamming me. I should probably hit it with heat vision. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one saw that coming, and it does the trick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he stands tall. The rest of the Legion get involved in the fight. We see that Brainiac 5 actually has a bigger robot form that he can use. Yeah, yeah, he transforms again. Toys. Toys, yeah, oh my god. Is, is there a transforming Brainiac toy? I feel like we should look on eBay when this is done. I know there, there was, I did, the only toys I could find were like, uh, some, some like McDonald's toys, right. and they looked pretty cheap, so Aww. I don't know whether like they actually got any toys. Again, I think it might have been a, a Green Lantern animated situation. situation. Yeah. Where, yeah, you guys didn't sell enough toys, so we cancelled you. Yeah. Which, which meaning the few toys that do exist out there are huge-ass collector's items, like those Young Justice yes. double packs. Yep. I have one. I have the Aquaman and uh, Calder one that I think nice. is actually worth a decent amount of money. I think the Batman and Robin one is actually the most expensive. I think that one was going for like Course. $300. Course. Because it's fucking Batman. Bat privilege over here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, they win the day. The... Uh, Legion actually starts fighting back and starts winning, and uh, we get a really good showcase of their powers because again, this is season or this is season one, episode one. So we need to see what everyone can do, and probably the most fun scene, the episode, the scene that I'm pretty sure they sold the show on. It's Superman. Oh, he's losing against Emerald Empress. How's he gonna fight back when Lightning Lad says, "Use your frost breath." What? What? I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, think cold and, and blow. And just do it. And I'm like, oh, that's fun. This is what you sell the show on. Again, am I inspiring this team or is this team inspiring me because they know more about me than I know about myself? Yeah, it's like that. Or it's like an Ouroboros. Who Very. Who inspired who? 
Yeah, who inspired who? And, uh, yeah, they turn Emerald Empress in the eye into a full-on popsicle before she does the classic Rita Repulsa teleport out of there. I'll get you next time! Because <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm like, wow, episode one, and they've roundly defeated their greatest villains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez, where, where does one go from here? when you kick the bad guy's asses in episode one. So yeah, there's much celebrating to be had in classic storytelling fashion. Superman didn't know if he wanted to stay, but now he knows he has to stay because he wants to learn more about himself. He wants to protect this world. And he even gets his own Legion flight ring and Legion belt buckle. (laughs) Meaning that he's a full official member of the team. Aw, isn't that so sweet? Yeah. And yeah, that's basically the episode right there, everyone. Yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a good first episode. Yeah, Strong introduced all the characters and major players, hit home what the show was going to be about, and also, you know, why it was going to be <clears throat> a little different than some of the other shows you've seen in the DC oeuvre, but not too different either. No, 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 very much in the vein of like justice league and stuff like that yeah you know i will say for a show we're watching for the first time strong first impression i imagine if i was watching you know cartoons in the networks that this aired at the time i probably would have liked this one in the same way a lot of our fans seem to really like and resonate with this one and maybe maybe it would have changed my mind on legion of superheroes who knows Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why, you know, there's such a strong love for the Legion now, because it's people who grew up watching this. Yeah. Now, apparently Season 2 is much different. Apparently Season 2, they really go darker and grittier. Yeah, so much so they have Superman X. Yes. Who's a Superman clone created by an AI called Kent yes uh that's yeah it's it, it's like edgy superman it's very edgy but apparently people love that too in the same way they love red hood because you know i i saw that as a teenager and that was my first exposure to cool heavy metal edgy superman so now i kind of <laughs> love that yeah and it uh also had a comic series yes it did that ran for like more issues than you would think it ran for more issues that it 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 outran the show like the show got wow. canceled and then what they did was the co- with the comics is that they did episodes that they were going to do in the show. And oh, show, like, this smart. is what we would have done and stuff like that. Oh, clever. That's good. I'm glad. A, a lot of canceled shows don't get that kind of love. So I'm glad you got that. Yeah. Well, that was good. I think we're off to a good start with this brand new series. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. Yeah. And I think we're off to a good start on this one. I think there's no telling where we could uh, go with it from here. Uh, next up, I think we're going to be doing Crypto the Superdog, because similarly, the timing is perfect. We're getting a Super Pets movie. I have never seen the Crypto show, no. so let's hope it's as good. Uh, but that was around the same time as this, wasn't it? I don't know, actually. Maybe. Okay. Maybe it was also around 2000. I want to say it was later. Yeah, I want to say it was around, like, around the, you know, 2005 to 2008 time. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, we'll figure it out because we'll have to do a whole history dive before we talk about it. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. We hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, I-, I love that Retro Hero is starting to find, you know, kind of a fan base all its own. And I know people have been chomping at the bit to hear me and Matt talk about this one. Well, well, you won. We watched your show and we liked it. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know if yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna to try and find, I might try and find other episodes. I know in it's like 2019 or something, they actually uh, put 
all of the episodes out on Blu-ray, oh, I think. Oh, really? Huh. I think so. Yeah, Blu-ray or DVD, like, has a big complete set. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah, get get me the DVD rips. I couldn't find DVD rip, which is why there's a <laughs> Warner Brothers watermark in this, because we were starting the show, and I didn't do my homework, and I'm like, ah, fuck, we gotta do this. <laughs> but yes, there are good, better-looking versions of the show out there that the one I'm using. So, yeah, that, that'll be good. But yeah, thank you, everyone, and we'll be back again uh, next week with a more traditional comic multiverse show. In fact, we'll have an interview uh, that week as well, so get ready for that, everyone. That's going to be fun. Nice. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. See ya.